Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. AEW star undergoes surgery. WWE files for voluntary dismissal of major lawsuit. And I take you through the top five impact slash TNA sacrifice pay-per-view matches of all time. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. Yesterday was NXT UK, but before we get into that, let's check out our news. AEW star Anna J undergoes surgery. AEW announced in late February that Jay suffered a shoulder injury and would need to undergo surgery, putting her on the shelf for 6 to 12 months. Jay tweeted a post-surgery photo this afternoon and said she will be ready to begin her rehab after a few days of rest. She also mentioned that she's only going to have soup and ice cream for these next few days of rest, but deservingly so, especially going after after a, a surgery that's going to push you on the shelf for quite some time. You know, it could be a year until we see Anna Jay back. And so get well soon, 99, from all of us here at Daily DDT. WWE files for voluntary dismissal of major lawsuit. WWE has filed for dismissal with the United States District Court of Connecticut. WWE filed the lawsuit on January 26th, but was never publicly revealed by the nature of the case. It was previously speculated that the case arose from WWE struggling to get an employee or talent into the country due to policy changes in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. On January 27th, a protective order was filed to ensure that these legal proceedings remained confidential. The dismissal was filed on March 10th, just over a month after the lawsuit began. Due to the court's records being sealed, it's currently unknown if the settlement has been reached or anything of that matter after the court proceedings have been reached. So uh, as it stands right now, we are up in the air, but uh, there has been a dismissal of a major lawsuit of WWE trying to get someone either into the country or out of the country for that matter in either way, shape, or form. Speaking of out of the country, uh, we're going to look at some NXT UK. Uh, last night, solid episode, Tyler Bate versus Dave Mastiff start things off on, in a Heritage Cup rules match. There's a six-round type match, and you need two pinfalls or two falls as in a pinfall submission or count out to be victorious. Back and forth action in the first round, neither man trying to make a mistake. I thought that was pretty good in the first round. Nothing really too serious going on. No big pinfalls or anything like that. Just both guys trying to test the waters in the first round, which like a, how a real boxing fight usually is like, uh, unless there's a knockout first round, if you will. Mastiff is surprisingly rolled up by bait, and the fall goes to bait in the second round, giving it a score of 1-0 bait. He only needs one more fall to be victorious. Bait lifts Mastiff on his shoulders in the third round, but it, Mastiff is way too heavy for him. Mastiff rolls up bait, tying the falls at one apiece, heading into the fourth. Mastiff looks for a pinfall at the end of the fourth round, but multiple pin attempts aren't enough to keep bait down. Bait saved by the bell. And the match continues with both still at one apiece, only needing one more pinfall there. 
Bake connects with the corkscrew splash to get the final pinfall and pick up the victory. I love these type of matches. Every time I see a Heritage Cup type match go on, especially when something is round based. In NXT UK, they have this. In Ring of Honor, they have the pure rules. Anything that is round based or uh, pretty much in uh, pure rules, it's like rope break race based, if you will. Just You can sort of tell which the pace of the match is going based off of how many rope breaks there are. Uh, I, I love these type of matches, and I feel like it really brings out a technical aspect of both of the uh, competitors in the match. And also, it's a match that's impossible to go too slow or impossible to go too fast either, given the fact that it's round-based. And every time they have these type of matches, they're just great storytelling. It, you can see round by round who is the underdog, who is the person that has the advantage, and you can honestly go round by round and grade how well that they did in that match. So, Bate picks up the victory here, and a really good victory for Bate here to get over the big guy, Dave Mastiff. In our next match, two NXT UK debuts, Danny Jones and Tio Man going one-on-one. Tio Man looks more of like a pro wrestler you would see uh, in the indies, and Danny Jones looks like a pro wrestler you would see in the United Kingdom. So, <laughs> no, no disparaging in either, either way, but Danny Jones... Uh, definitely using more hard-hitting strikes and everything like that, much like the NXT UK style or the United Kingdom style. And Tio Man using some of that high-flying stuff to his advantage. Uh, Tio Man did definitely get to show off his agility in this match, and Tio Man did pick up the victory with the crossface. I also wanted to note that everyone uses the crossface now, so it's not really special anymore when I see it. Um, that's been special since Daniel Bryan started really using it, especially back in his big run. So, it's not special to me anymore, the crossface, and I feel like it's overused a little bit too much, uh, especially with the history that sort of lies behind the crossface. Uh, definitely used a considerable amount. Uh, Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan take on in a tag team match versus Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. Uh, Andrews and Webster dominate early on. The match is moving a little slow for me throughout uh, the entire match. Uh, Williams has blood coming from his mouth midway through. Stun Dog Millionaire and a senton but Andrews breaks up the pinfall. Williams looking for a tag, but Jordan on on the outside after being taken out. Uh, Williams connects with a low blow, like mule kick type kick to uh, the groin, and with the ref pushed into the corner, unable to see the low blow. Jordan sees that Williams did cheat to pick up the victory, and Jordan is extremely upset at Williams, even though that they did win the match. The match was slow. It was a, a slow-paced match, but it had a good storytelling ending, so I guess I give it the benefit of the doubt. Ben Carter changes his name. This could have been uh, newsworthy and not just NXT UK worthy. Uh, his He now goes by Nathan Fraser. Not Fraser, like the MLB... Uh, Pittsburgh Pirate player Todd Frazier. Uh, he goes by Nathan Fraser. F-R-A-Z-E-R. No I in there. So I thought that was a little weird. And that's his new name. I think it's honestly kind of a stupid decision for Ben Carter to do that. Uh, I He hasn't. He didn't go in depth in his promo on why he changed. It's, I guess it's like a new beginning. But he already was in his beginning. And for me, this kind of resets him as a whole, as a character for me, honestly. So everything that he did before this name change, you're just going to null and void it and move on from here. Uh, Fraser, really? Like, I, I, maybe it's a UK thing. I don't really get, but uh, he, he he's reset in my mind. Obviously, we all know his talent, but 
Uh, there's no reason for him to reset either, given the fact that he had a pretty great match with Jordan Devlin and has had a couple great matches after the fact as well in these past few weeks of NXT UK. So for him to change his name, I guess you're going to do it. You do it early on before you get really big, but I felt like you already had some big moments underneath that Ben Carter name. There's no reason for him to change it. I really didn't think there was, especially to a name like Nathan Fraser. That's not really a great name either, in my opinion. Moving on to our main event, Ginny and Joseph Connors take on Jack Stars and Piper Nevin. This is the first ever NXT UK mixed tag team match, making history in NXT UK and being able to talk about it on the Daily DDT podcast is also history. Uh, Ginny tags out of the match as soon as the bell rings to start uh, as Connors and Stars have to start the match themselves. Uh, Connors is forced out as soon as Stars gets close to Nevin in the corner. Great spot of Connor saving Ginny from a body slam by tagging back in to protect Ginny. So, obviously, in a mixed tag team match, uh, the men can't hit the women, but the women can hit the men. But in this situation, he was able to tag in, thus not making uh, Ginny the legal person anymore, and along with that, Piper Nevin as well. Connors gets in the face of Piper Nevin, and Nevin slaps and connects with the Piper Driver onto Connors, which I thought was great. And this allows Stars to pin Connors and pick up the team pinfall victory. Nevin looked really, really strong in this match, obviously after also attacking Connors as well. Stars and Connors did look a little weak in this one. Stars really took a lot of the, the bump work here and allowed Nevin to make that comeback story. Connors obviously... Uh, he looked weak towards the back end of the match. And Ginny looked scared throughout the match, but not weak. I wouldn't say that she looked weak. She definitely looked scared and heelish, uh, trying her best to not be in the match. But I wouldn't say it made her look weak in any sense of the word. It just made her look uh, pretty scared to get involved in any way, shape, or form. But that was the episode of NXT UK. Once again, NXT UKs are only one hour, thus making it one of my favorite <laughs> pro wrestling shows to cover because it's literally only an hour. I'm not sitting there watching it. Uh, episode of Raw for three hours and I feel like every time I talk about NXT UK I just have to mention the timing because it, it's just nice it's just nice this one went I think like an hour and seven minutes and it, with an historic match I'm willing to go over that seven minutes I'm fine you know the, the first ever mixed tag team match in NXT UK history you can put on ho- however extra you need to I'm watching a historic moment in NXT UK for Raw three hour shows it just jeez Always tough, always tough. Final grade for NXT UK, I'm going with a B- here. Solid show, nothing that really blew me away, but history was made in the back end of the show. But nothing really super-duper-duper special that was, like, mind-boggling, if you know what I mean. Uh, No Satomura in this show, no Kaylee Ray, but you know how NXT UK works if you watch it. Usually, they have a big match, and then they're off TV for UK for, like, two, three weeks. We still haven't seen Pretty Deadly holding the... NXT UK tag team titles after they won it from Gallus in quite some time. So uh, I would like to see them on TV, but that, that uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Also, another thing I didn't mention about this show, there was a lot of vignettes in this one, like a lot. There was uh, Gallus, uh, there was Valkyrie, uh, Ben Carter changing his name, and a couple, uh, and, and Zaya Brookside, and, you know, her, they, they had a couple of vignettes in there. I didn't want to talk about them all because there was a good amount, especially for a one-hour show. I was like, oh, that's a lot of vignettes. But uh, maybe that knocks a little bit as well. But keeping at a B- definitely is fine. After the break, we're going to be talking about the top five Impact slash TNA sacrifice matches of all time, something you're not going to want to miss. So stick with us right here 
on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, well, I think it might be better off to say on this day in the world's history, uh, COVID-19 took over the world. And it might be better to even say the sports world. The NBA shut down. The NCAA basketball shut down, canceling its tournament. Uh, MLB shut down, so did the NHL. But one thing that stuck through was pro wrestling. Pro wrestling never stopped. Uh, obviously, the major, major brands tried to keep on going. WWE did. AEW did. And uh, Impact Wrestling tried their best to continue as well. And uh, Ring of Honor had to take a break, obviously smaller, and a lot of the independents are trying to find their way back now at this point, especially at the start of 2021, trying to find their way back into booking matches, everything like that. But in, in some, at least in a major standpoint, pro wrestling kind of never stopped. And uh, after Impact sacrificed this Saturday, I want to talk about COVID-19 and pro wrestling for a full episode just really go through the thick of it, the start of it all, like going WWE running shows out of the Performance Center, uh, AEW having to make daily dailies place their home, uh, every everything that could really get into with COVID nineteen, uh, WWE, uh, Black Wednesday. I really want to talk about it all, and I feel like it's worth a full episode. It's not worth uh, a, a half second half segment. I really want to talk about it all and how deep it goes this is probably something you're going to hear from me on monday's episode so be prepared for that and uh, i'll try to make it as fun as possible but sometimes covid19 isn't that easy to make fun uh, but we did see some great things come out of covid19 pro wrestling and uh, i will be able to talk about that with you uh coming up you will be able to hear that on monday but sticking with this episode uh with Impact Sacrifice right around the corner. Something you can watch on Impact Plus with a fantastic main event, main event of Rich Swan taking on Moose for the Impact World uh, Championship and a, a title unification. Let, not, let me forget to mention the TNA uh, World Heavyweight Championship, a title unification, thus bringing the two belts together. Uh, in honor of that, we're going to be talking about the top five Impact slash TNA sacrifice matches of all time. Starting off right at number five, Chris Harris defeating James Storm in a Texas death match, Sacrifice 2007. Some really nasty chair shots in this match and a lot, a lot of blading. A lot of blading in this match. Really busted open James Storm. It, it looked like he, well, oh my, like he was really, really bad. It looked like he got cut everywhere possible because the blood was not only a crimson mask on his face, but it was all over his arms, all over his back, all over his chest because the blood just dripping, dripping, dripping out of him. Obviously a fantastic, fantastic visual. And all these matches I feel like you should at least take a look at or take a look at the highlights of. But James Storm's face was just nasty. Absolutely nasty the six-sided ring was soaked in both men's blood and riddled with splinters from tables being broken and glass from bottles being broken over people's faces and backs if you will really really crazy uh, it was a fun match to watch especially if you're into the deathmatch stuff and definitely lived up to the expectations of a deathmatch unlike some deathmatches that we see nowadays so, <laughs> i apologize to all the the AEW supporters of uh, that death match. Uh, I will not let that go. I won't let it go. I just paid $50 for that, damn it. Uh, number four, China and Kurt Angle versus Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett. This was China's last wrestling match 
in her career. Mick Foley on the build up to this show um, revealed that on the Go Home Show episode of Sacrifice that both of Jarrett's and Kurt Angle's mistresses were China. Obviously a little weird, but Impact Wrestling, it's always a little bit weird. TNA at the time, always a little bit weird. Uh, This was China's first wrestling appearance in nine years. China's first match in the United States since her match with Lita for the WWF Women's title back at Judgment Day 2001. China and Angle won their match against Jarrett, but China uh, would soon leave the company afterwards and obviously passed away at a, a young age of 46 a couple of years later, but this was at Sacrifice 2011, uh, China's last match. I felt like I really, really had to put this on here, especially to have some women representation as well. Uh, obviously, sad to see uh, that this being her last match, but this match I wouldn't say was a complete disappointment either. In her sake, she did pick up the victory and a good way to go out, especially by the side of Kurt Angle. Speaking of Kurt Angle, number three, Kurt Angle defeating Sting and Christian Cage at Sacrifice 2007. On the morning before the airing of the event, a vice president of the National Wrestling Alliance or the NWA stripped Christian Cage of the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and Team 3D of the NWA World Tag Team Championships due to Cage refusing to defend the world title in various NWA territories. The NWA, after that point, cut all ties with TNA, although the affected champions, being the people that had the belts itself physically, uh, they still had the physical possession of the belts going forward, uh, but it really affected uh, their status of champion, But even though they physically held the belt. Kurt Angle winning this match was huge at the time, but today it's often forgotten, if you will. Because of the belt namesake being changed to the TNA uh, World Heavyweight Championship. And it was obviously odd because, yes, they stripped them of these championships for not being defended. But they were literally being defended that night or the night of the airing. So a little, very, very odd. Very, very odd. So it led to Kurt Angle winning the physical NWA uh, World Heavyweight Championship. But he has never been recognized as the legitimate champion, I guess it was a way to make, uh, you know, for, for a screw finish to try to make it work. We all know the saying, uh, uh, try to make chicken salad out of, you know, you, you know what, chicken something else. <laughs> so, but uh, this was a fantastic match between Angle Sting and Christian, or Christian Cage that he went by then and goes by now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I felt like it definitely deserved number three on this list. Obviously, all the technicalities and all the twisty finishes. Uh, that they had a, all the hoops they had to jump through, if you will, uh, obviously made this match a little bit uh, dinged. But at the same time, the match was so good between the ropes that I felt like it definitely deserved a spot on this list. Number two, I think I put this one at a pretty good spot, and you might be surprised by Beer Money Inc. Uh, defeating the British Invasion. Uh, this was the finals for the Team 3D Invitational Tag Team Tournament. Uh, this match put the show over the top on a pay-per-view that wasn't supposed to even be that good on paper for Sacrifice 2009. Beer Money was just so hot at the time. And then for a 10-minute match to make this list shows a testament to what they were able to do. Beer Money would go on after winning this match to have a, a TNA World Tag Team uh, match to, to go against who the champions were at the time. 
And uh, this match, even though it was short for a pay-per-view match, only 10 minutes, definitely delivered at such a, such a high level. Once again, they were just so hot then that, that anything they did really got over, and especially in a pay-per-view that wasn't supposed to be that good anyway. And for, so for them to deliver midway through the card, I believe it was uh, like the fifth match on the card in an in a eight-match card, and for them to de- deliver halfway through definitely is a testament to them and deserving of a spot in this list. I have them at number two. And at number one, Samoa Joe defeating AJ Styles, Sacrifice 2005. This was the finals of the 2005 TNA Super X Cup tournament. Styles and Joe were spectacular, and both men were really trying to play into each other's hands. So AJ Styles, obviously, as we know today in WWE, even then, uh, his speed, his agility, his high flying, everything that he's able to do in the ring really matched up well with Samoa Joe in this match. If you really, if you go back and watch it, Joe, that hard-hitting striker that we always know him to be and loved him to be in TNA, uh, really just working together in that point. And also the submissions from, from Samoa Joe as well. He had a couple great spots in there as well. And uh, trying to play to their advantages and hide their weaknesses, if they will, if you will. Great spots in this match as well. Joe running across the ring, kicking Styles straight in the face, causing him to fly out the ring. The referee getting knocked out unconscious. And after being kicked in the face, the X Division champion Christopher Daniels interfered in the match. Joe won with a submission, thus Joe winning the 2005 TNA Super X Cup. And uh, then an X Division championship match at Unbreakable. Uh, if you look at Samoa Joe's X Division, uh, excuse me, not the X Division, the the X Cup, it was a really, really nice trophy. It was huge, a huge trophy. I feel like the one that Austin Ace holds around right now is pretty small, pretty small. I don't remember if they handed it to him and it was big, like the one that has like the the legs on it and the big base, or if it was still that silver cup that he walks around with because that's pretty lackluster, at least in my in my opinion. AJ Styles received a, a, a tendon injury during this match against Samoa Joe, so there was some injury after this. And many people would have considered this match a match of the year candidate uh, for Impact Wrestling in 2007, but the interference by Daniels kind of changed that narrative for a lot of people. Either way, this was a fantastic match between uh, Joe and Styles. And there's a reason why it's at number one on this list. It just elevated Sacrifice 2007, excuse me, 2005 to a whole nother level. And I have it at number one. Looking over to our next episode tonight is Friday Night Smackdown. Flat Fastlane contract signing between Daniel Bryan and the WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Bianca Belair and the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks will be on the KO show. So it's nice to see Kevin Owens at back once again. And the Intercontinental Champion Big E makes his return to, I guess, confront the new and, I I do not want to say improved, the new and, and disregarded. Apollo Crews at this point because that was whew, we'll talk about it again if we see some even worse stuff because there's no reason for him to put on that accent, no reason for him to carry around a spear, he was doing a perfect job with the, that scarf that he, he had and I guess the bodyguards do look nice but uh, I'd much rather him be him and not uh, a character at this point even though Vince just loves characters and as we all know 
But that's all for me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT podcast.